Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. All right, so we are in this series called Save the Date, and today we're going to be continuing our series with a message called Grateful for Who I'm Becoming. And of course, you've noticed that I'm actually not here live with you. I'm in Los Angeles with our team as uh, we are attending a conference and are coming back actually tomorrow. And we're looking forward to being with you live next Sunday. And we are glad that you can be a part of this experience right now. So whether you're watching online or right here in person, I know that God's got a special message in store for all of us. And today we're going to be talking about how we are to embrace who we are today and be grateful for the season that we're actually in. When we're out of alignment as individuals, we're going to be out of alignment no matter what state we find ourselves in. So whether we're single or we're in a dating relationship, whether we're engaged or married, whether we're in a long-term relationship. And sometimes we're kind of like in this in-between where we're separated, possibly divorced. We've gone through the loss and the death of a loved one. We sometimes don't know what the future holds for us. And so when we feel out of alignment, we notice very quickly that we're feeling out of alignment, even in our relationship with God. We're out of alignment in our relationship with others. And what God wants to do is wants to bring us back into alignment with Him. And one of the ways that He helps us to accomplish that is actually by helping us become grateful for the season that we're in. And if we can be grateful for the season that we're in, then that's how we're gonna be grateful for who we are becoming. Not for who we are, because there's always work to be done, but grateful in the moment for who we are becoming because we know that God has begun a work in us that he promises to continue and to bring to completion. And so God has ordained for us to progress and really progress, not just in life, but in relationships. I think the sense of moving forward and being at a better place is what he wants us to recognize as his purpose for us. He doesn't want us to be stagnant. He wants us to be moving. God is on the move. He wants us to be on the move with him. He wants us to move from where we are to where he knows we belong. And that is moving forward. And so his desire is for you to be successful in all things in your life, including in the area of relationships, whether you're in a single position right now or you are in a coupled position. And so our culture often gives us a lot of other processes to accomplish these things. But God has one main starting point and completion point for us. In fact, in the renewing of our minds, he says, is how he's going to bring about this transformation. 
And so in Romans 12, 2, it says that I want you to conform to the pattern of this world, but I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, he says that the way that we are going to move forward is by having our mind constantly renewed so that we don't get stuck, so that we don't live in the past, and so that we don't look at our life in the present as something that is actually hindering our future. So God needs you to be healthy. And he needs you to be in a healthy relationship, no matter what that is. And he knows that the best way to accomplish this is going to be through the renewing of your mind and not through you conforming to the patterns of this world. And so if you're looking for your relationship advice in the world, well, that's going to corrupt your mind. It's going to also stagnate your life and prevent you from experiencing the fullness that God has in store for you. But if you allow him to renew your mind and to give you new insights, new concepts, new ways of looking at things, understanding things and being grateful for them, then you're allowing God to actually transform your mind. And therefore, you're going to become a healthy person ready for a healthy relationship. And that's what God wants. And so he wants you to become grateful in whatever state you find yourself in. So whatever that looks like right now, he's saying, I have a way for you to experience gratefulness in the season that you're in because I am at work preparing you for the next thing. And so God wants you to be solid. He wants you to be filled with faith for the future. And that's why in marriage, just like in, signal, in singleness, uh, the only valuable season in our lifetime is being ready for what God has in store for us. Not, I am grateful because I'm single and not I'm grateful because I'm married, but I'm grateful for the season I am in. And I'm grateful because I know that God is at work. And so the single and the season of singleness is necessary. I would say it's actually a priority to anyone who uh, wants to reach their relationship goals in the future. And I feel like people who handled their singleness well are the ones who are also best prepared for marriage when they're in it, when it finally does come. Think about it. Being single was also Adam's state before he was with Eve. And if you're single, there's a, a good chance many people and many messages have made you feel like you're not enough without the significant other. And the pressure to find a mate can sometimes seem so intense and unyielding, it's leaving you reeling. But God wants you to understand this. Being single can start to feel shameful if you allow your mind to be conformed to the patterns of this world. But if you look at life through the way that God wants to bring about transformation in renewing your mind, then your life, even though it seems incomplete and possibly uh, a failure, it's really not that at all. Because here's what happens when we rush into relationships that don't suit us, when we settle on someone, anyone, uh, just to satisfy others, sometimes we calm our fears and we address our raging libidos by being in relationships that are ultimately not good for us. And these types of hasty decisions have serious consequences, not only on us, but on others. 
And then what ends up happening is that we talk often about this high divorce rate, but I think that our high divorce rate has probably less to do with bad marriages and more to do with the fact that we didn't know how to be single. So that by the time we did get married, we just didn't do the things that we needed to do in our season of singleness that now is just making the marriage bad. I want you to recognize that singleness might be the most important part of the relationship process. It's not a curse, it's actually an opportunity. It's actually the best chance ever to not only work on being uniquely you, original and distinct, but it's a good period of singleness, which means learning to be whole and learning to truly be your unique self, building that confidence and knowing your purpose, even before someone comes along and maybe influences you to a point where you can no longer know thyself, no longer recognize yourself, where you can no longer even be yourself. But if you use this period of singleness right, well then you're learning how to be the person that God always intended you to be, whether you be single or in a relationship. And so let me just say this, I want you to embrace the season that you're in right now. I want you to thank God for it. I want you to say, God, I want to make the most of the season in which I find myself in. Remember that God wants you to have a healthy and rewarding relationship. He wants you to experience healthy relationships right now, even in your state of singleness or even in your state of marriage. Relationships that offer the opportunity to grow and to serve and to make a difference in this world. And so let's just talk about being grateful single instead of just talking about being grateful uh, only when we're in a marriage. And so we're going to do both. We're going to talk about both those things. And so the question then becomes, can I practice gratitude in the season that I'm in? And so many people, when I talk to them, they are so desperate to uh, be married that they don't appreciate the season of singleness that they're in because in, by, by their standards, they have been in it too long. Um, and when we do that, when we think this way, then we're falling into the trap that the enemy wants us to be in. Well, we're just reflecting on the past and not considering the present and how God is using this season of our life to prepare us for what's next. Because ultimately that's what he's always doing. And so when we conform to the patterns of this world, we tend to think that, well, you know, better clothes is going to make me happy. A better car, you know, a better body, uh, a better group of friends, a better date, uh, a better vacation, a better partner. Uh, and when we get lost in this, I have to have everything I want to be happy mindset, uh, then we lose out on the discipline of gratitude. And so when we practice gratitude, when we take time out to think about everyone in our life who has nurtured us and shown us the love of God, then our mindset begins to change. Even if what we have as love was imperfect, as love from any human will be, we can be thankful for what God has actually given us. And so it also means to be thankful for what we cannot see, uh, what we hope 
for and have yet to even receive. And and the spirit of, of gratitude is how we actually bring ourselves into relationship with Jesus every day. And so when we practice gratitude in our lives, we are practice a very important aspect of our faith. I remember when we visited Japan as a family um, several years ago, I was um, shocked by the fact that you just can't alter the menu in any way. Even if you talk directly to the chef, there are absolutely no substitutions. There's no adding more of one thing or less of another. You cannot even switch something out uh, for what you prefer. You just simply have to accept what's offered and then show your thanks. And it's highly disrespectful to actually ask for more or to even want something else than other than what is being brought to you at the table. And, and I think that when you experience this in our everyday culture here, we're just always used to substitutions. We're always used to making changes. We're always used to trying to take that which is in front of us and trying to make it better, different, anything other than the way that it is. And when a relationship isn't everything that you want it to be, it's easy to think of all the qualities, of all the behaviors that you wish that they had instead. You want to have the perfect dish just like you want to have the perfect person. And the reality is, is that you cannot have that ever. It doesn't exist. And sometimes it's easier to have that with food than it is to have it obviously in a person. And the reality is, is just because you can have it with food, I want to just, in case you were wondering about this, no, you cannot have it with a person. You're going to have a perfect in-person experience only if you accept the imperfections in that person. And work together to bettering each other. And I think if we understand how relationships work, this is going to be a huge mental shift for us because the discipline of gratitude is found when we are thankful, even when we don't have everything that we want, even when we haven't found everything that we would love to have in another person. And so just as gratitude has a way of drawing us closer to God, well, gratitude also has a way of doing that in a relationship. And it draws you closer to the person that you're with when you are grateful for them. In the same way that you need to be grateful for the season that you're in. And you'll see that when you do that, it's going to draw you closer to God. And it's going to create the opportunities that you're trying so desperately to bring yourself into your life. Trying to make things fit when they just aren't right for you. Trying to make things happen. Trying to be the one who finds the one instead of trying to become the one that God wants you to be. And so God says, when you're grateful, it's going to foster a bond of trust and appreciation for the season that you're in. And if you can't give what you don't have, well, that's okay. Because there are times when you have to just work at just being thankful, even when it feels like you have nothing to offer. 
And spending time in prayer is going to help you get that gift that comes from the Holy Spirit, really in transforming your mind so that you can be more grateful. And so show appreciation for the person that you are. Show appreciation for the people that are in your life. Show appreciation for the person that you are already married to and in a relationship with. And you'll see that gratitude is going to come in the form of, of many ways of expressing that appreciation through works of service and small gifts and carving out time to be with one another and expressing it through words. Now, if you're single, I want you to think of your season of singleness as you actually not missing out on anything. And this is going to be maybe a little hard to hear because right now, when you look at your life in singleness, you're saying, well, I'm missing out on all these things. I'm missing out on not being married or not having a family or not being able to do these things with another person. And, and I get that, but I want you to understand that if you don't appreciate the, the season of singleness that you're in, you're not being prepared the way that God wants you to be prepared for the next season of your life. And so the season that we're in can't just be about getting out of that season. It has to be about learning, growing, being transformed in that season and doing everything that we can to keep developing our uniqueness and our understanding of who we are and areas that we need to change and be transformed in our mind and in our life. It's the season in which we get to work on ourselves and allow other forms of relationships through friendship and community to come into our lives to help us, to shape us, to transform us and to get us into a place where we can actually accomplish so much more in the season in a singleness than just simply waiting for someone to come into our life and changing that forever. Authentic gratitude is not to deny that you want a more intimate connection in your life, but it's about staying connected to the ones that you already have in your life or to the ones that God wants to bring into your life, to the new friendships that he wants to present you with, but you don't seem to have time for because you're just always looking for someone to date. You see, God is trying to get you to a place where you will meditate on gratitude instead of always gravitating towards a relationship. He's trying to get you to a place where you can see how you can be grateful in the different forms of relationships that he's bringing into your life instead of the only one that you're truly interested in. And so if you're single, then I want you to know that this is God's will for your life right now. I know it's not a will that you want. It's not a season that you desire, but it's where God has placed you. It's where God is still in control of your life. It's where God is still wanting to bless your life. It's where he still wants to equip you and prepare you and, and, and redefine what your life is all about. It may not be easy to say these things or even to believe them without any doubt, but I want you to know that that is what God is saying to you right now, that you can rest in the fact that you're exactly where he wants you to be. And there are things that you need to work on right now that you cannot squander this opportunity of singleness. The second thing is that it teaches you how to trust and surrender. When we 
are not feeling like we are in the position we need to be in, living the life that we're supposed to be living, you know, just empty, feeling unfulfilled, feeling like there's just something that's still missing. Sometimes when we're in that situation, even on the hardest of days, I'm sure it's hard to just say, I'm grateful for this season of singleness. I, I remember many times in my own life just struggling with that, where there were years of singleness for me before I met my wife and, and how challenging it was to, to do life and to do ministry, to be a pastor by myself and, and to not have that person by my side and not have a family. Like when I looked at others, I was pastoring a church of families and I wasn't a family myself. I was pastoring mothers and fathers and I was pastoring couples and marriages and, 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 I, and I hadn't experienced those things. I had to give counsel and advice as a single person. It felt so unauthentic at times. I struggled with that. And yet God was using that season of singleness and that experience of working with couples and marriages and husbands and wives and couples and people who were dating and engaged. And, and I was gathering all this wisdom and information and, and, and I was gathering all this wisdom from the scriptures and it forced me to, to, to depend and to rely on God like never before because I had to pastor other people in their spiritual journey. I didn't realize that all along in that season of singleness, God was preparing me. He wasn't just equipping me to equip others. He was transforming me. He was taking me out of my brokenness and out of my state of desperation and understanding of what singleness was supposed to be about. And he was transforming all of that so that I could be the person that he was preparing me to be as a husband and eventually as a father. I didn't know that then, but I know that now. I can look back on my season of singleness as I was in it and say, God, I see what you did there. I see how you use this. Many of us, we're looking back on our season of singleness and we see nothing but devastation, hurt, misery, disappointment. We're just looking back and we're saying, I'm not really learning anything. I'm not really growing. That's because you're allowing yourself to be conformed to the patterns of this world and not allowing God to renew your mind, seeing things differently, trusting him and surrendering everything in this season that you're in. And so why is this important? Because the time's going to come when you're going to need to trust God when your checking account isn't lining up with your bills. You're going to need to trust God when unexpected sickness comes, when a tragedy knocks you off your feet and you begin to question God's goodness. You're going to need this because when you trust and surrender, you need to be in a place where you're going to have to constantly throughout your life, trust God for more reasons than just your relationship status. And so all of this prepares you for what's to come. Here's the third thing. It teaches you to be present. I mean, to really experience joy and contentment. Be honest. Have you ever thought I'll be happy when this happens? My life is finally going to be what I want it to be when this happens. And then it happens and you're happy and you're happy for a time, but that happiness just is fleeting, isn't it? It doesn't remain. It, it doesn't stay. I, I know people who were happy to finally 
have someone, someone that they could tell others, hey, save the date. You know, we're, we're engaged. Save the date. We're going to get. And then they got married. And then, you know, that that happiness wasn't what they expected it to be. I think this is true for all of us. Sometimes we, we think what we want is, is what we're missing, but what we don't understand is that God's preparing us to not just want what's in the future, but to, to appreciate and to be grateful for what we have right now. I, I believe that Jesus is the antidote to all of that, and He's the only one who can truly fill us with joy. And that's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I have learned that in whatever situation I am in, to be content. Um, I know that's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for me. Every situation, I don't know if I can say that all the time. I know there are some that, that can maybe say that in this, in this space right now. People who have lived this and have gotten to that place in their spiritual journey where they have said, you know what, I have learned how to be content in the different seasons of my life. It hasn't been easy, but I've learned it. And I can honestly pray that this becomes our truth and it becomes our reality so that whether it be in sickness or in health, whether it be in life or death, whether it be in the goodness or in the harshness of this life, that we learn how to be content. You know, the another reality is that each day that you're single, it's preparing you for marriage. And I wouldn't trade what God has done for me in preparing me. And I don't want you to trade it either. I know that there's a lot of things that maybe you'd do differently and things that you've learned from and things that you would have avoided if you knew the outcomes and what they would be. But I also want you to just be grateful for how God has led you through that season and how you have learned those lessons and how you're still learning them now how He is preparing you and blessing you and getting you ready to do what we need to do every day if we're going to be grateful, and that is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Now, singleness actually helps you to fix your eyes on Jesus more than being married. I'm, I'm telling you that there are far fewer distractions in singleness than in, in marriage. I know because I've been both. And I can tell you that it's a lot harder for me to be focused on God in my marriage than it is in my singleness. The, the number of roles and responsibilities, the, 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 the time that I thought I would also continue to have uh, transitioning from singleness to marriage just isn't the same. The ability to just work on yourself, to think, uh, to find a room where you can actually be alone, to not receive a call or a text or a call, uh, have your name called out where you are. You know, it's, 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 it's super challenging. You don't always get to work on yourself and on your relationship with God in the same way. And I see a lot of people just squandering their opportunity of singleness and not getting deeper in the relationship with God. Because if you think it's going to get easier as you're married, you're wrong. You're going to have less time, not more time. It's going to be harder to be more disciplined with that. And so my challenge to you is to really, really take this opportunity as a single person to go deep in your relationship with God. Let God really transform your mind and your heart and your life. Do it now. Don't wait for it to come later. A relationship isn't going to save you. Only a relationship with Jesus can. 
And so you need to really dig deep and, and go deep and find a way to stay deep so that way you become the best person for the person that God is going to bring you as you exit your season of singleness into a season of relationship. And so here's what I want to say to those that are married. Those of you that are married today and in a relationship already, I want to just say to you openly and specifically that you need to be thankful for the spouse that you already have. I want you to start shifting away from the things that you find wrong with them, for the things that have to change in them, for the things that you wish they would be different in, and start thanking them for who they are already. And I think that sometimes it starts with simple things like saying, I am thankful, God, that I have someone to share my life with. I am thankful, God, that I have someone to balance me out. I'm thankful that I have someone who opposes me and says no to me and, and someone who challenges me in my decision so that this creates the right balance in, in maybe not just being able to go head first and headlong into whatever it is that I'm so determined to see happen. That you would be able to say, hey, together we're stronger than we are apart. I need you. That the ways in which we differ actually make us better and it makes me a better person by stretching me. That I have someone that I can laugh with, someone that I can hold, hold on to, someone that is there for me when life gets hard. I have someone that I can come home to. I have someone that I can cry with and laugh with, someone that I can share my stories with, someone who continues to not only challenge me, but is actually also helping to change me. I have someone that holds me accountable and someone that I can actually find comfort with. You know, all of these things can, can really transform your marriage relationship. It can transform your relationship, the one that you're in right now, by pointing out all of these simple things. Because what it does is that it reminds us of this truth that we find in James chapter 3, verse 2. It says this, that we all stumble in many ways. We all stumble in many ways. Now think about that and the impact of the words all and many. It means that there isn't a perfect person out there. And it means that everyone stumbles and they stumble in many ways. I want you to think about how it would be if you could just like have your pick of who you would want to rather be married to as a husband or as a wife. Someone that you would rather have other than the person that you're with. And you know what you would find? You'd still find an imperfect person. A person who stumbles in many ways. Because that person, perfect, doesn't exist. You're not that person. And you can't find that person. That person just isn't there. James makes it clear. Now, what James is telling us is that if you were to divorce your spouse and 
if you were to interview 200 replacement candidates, if you were to put them through a battery of psychological and personality tests, if you were to have follow-up interviews conducted by your closest friends and family, and you spent three years dating the most compatible ones, and then spent another 40 days praying and fasting about the one to choose, you would still end up with a spouse who disappoints you, hurts you, frustrates you, and stumbles in many ways. The word all means there are no exceptions. And so it doesn't matter what you think you need or what you think you'd find in someone else. You'd find something else that was wrong with them too. And your spouse might stumble in different ways, but he or she will still stumble. And that's why it is better to work on the marriage that you have right now. Fight for it. Embrace what you have. Put everything into that. Start with finding the things to be grateful for. Ask God to change you in the marriage instead of focusing on all the ways that you want God to change them. Start realizing that who you are in this season is a season in which God is trying to speak to you about what needs to change in you. Yes, they're stumbling. Yes, they're making mistakes. Yes, they're hurting you, disappointing you, not there for you. They are affecting you negatively. But what about you? What about how God is speaking to you and asking you to be different? Asking you to be grateful in the season that you're in and how he wants to also change you so that your marriage can be better without waiting for your partner to change first. I know that we can easily compare people to perfection, but the only perfect person who ever walked the earth never got married. His name was Jesus. And he's the person that we can look to and say, that's perfection. But when we're married, we need Jesus to reflect that. That's why Jesus needs to be the head of every man. That's why he needs to be the head of every household. That's why he needs to be the one that everyone submits to. That's why we need to love our wives the way that he loves the church and gives his life for it. And so men, you need to stop looking for a perfect wife and start becoming the person who is led by the perfect Jesus. And if the perfect Jesus can lead you, he will help you to lead your home and your household. He will help you to lead your wife. He will help you to be the person that sacrifices for her and for your household in a way that reflects the sacrifice that Jesus has already made for you. Whatever's missing in you, whatever's not in you, whatever you think you can't have and whatever you think you can't be, Jesus is saying, I can be all those things in you and through you. And that's what it means to have him as your head. Stop trying to be the head. Stop trying to be the smartest one in the room. Stop trying to lead through command. Stop trying to earn your respect just by demanding it and start becoming more like Jesus. And as you do that, you will see a natural submission. You will see a mutual submission happen in your home because when you love like Christ, here's what happens. You are transformed by that love. 
And then people are loved like Jesus. And that's the love that you want to have. That's the love you want to show. That's the love you want to exemplify. And so accept the biblical call to respect. And here's what it comes down to. If you're a believer, the Bible calls you to respect your husband in Ephesians 5.33. And it expects you as a wife to respect your husbands in return. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It doesn't say wives should respect perfect husbands or even godly husbands. It doesn't say that husbands should respect agreeable and unusually loving wives. There are no qualifiers because biblical respect comes with the position and not the person. Your spouse, because he or she is your spouse, deserves respect. They deserve it. They don't have to earn it. They just deserve it. That's love. You give it because they deserve it, not because they've earned it. That's love. You are grateful for them, and so therefore you respect them. And when you do that, it transforms your mind, your heart, your life. You become the person that you could never be on your own with the person that now you are in a marriage relationship with. And so form your heart through prayer. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You see, it's one thing to know that I'm supposed to respect my spouse, but it's another thing entirely to do it. Can I retrain my heart? The answer is yes. Can I retrain my mind? Absolutely. Can I spiritually form my mind to accept them as they are? Yes, I can. Because prayer can be the tool that I need to make this happen. I want you to ask God to change you. Stop asking God to change them. Start asking God to make you more grateful for what you have and to transform your mind and stop conforming to the patterns of this world. Don't try to fix your singleness and your marriage by the things of this world. Do it through the scriptures. Do it through his wisdom. Do it through his advice. Do it through his way, not yours. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, that whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, I want you to think about such things. And as soon as you begin offering prayers of thankfulness for your spouse, as soon as you start offering prayers of thankfulness for your season of singleness, the enemy of your soul and the one that is tormenting your mind to conform to the patterns of this world, that will be cast out and cast away. And God will have preeminence. He will have power and authority in your mind, in your heart, and in your life. And so whether you have a spouse or whether you're single, you're going to be able to be thankful for what God is doing instead of always looking at what he isn't doing for you, for all the things that you think are still missing, for all the things that you wish you had. 
and you're squandering the opportunity that you have in your season of singleness and in your season of having a spouse. God is saying, I want you to take this opportunity to do things my way and see how that transforms you all the way. And so we have an opportunity to just close this out in prayer and let me do that with you. Lord, I wanna pray that my friendships, my conversations, my singleness, and even my marriage and my life uh, as a spouse, that all those things would be consecrated and dedicated to you. That today would be a day in which I would learn how to be grateful for the season that I'm in, to truly embrace it and to see that I could trust you in it and that I can believe in you for it, that I know that you're doing something. Even when I can't see it, I want to believe it and I want to surrender to it. I want to help. I want your help, God, and I want to be of help. I want you to help every person here today to be everything that you have positioned them to have and to experience in this season of their life. Lord, grow them, change them, transform them, just model them after your own ways so that they can experience your perfect blessings in this season of their life as you prepare them to be not only the unique expression of, of who you have placed them on this earth to be, but how that is also going to be complementary to those around them and those that they do life with and those that you are going to bring into their life. And so, Lord, help us to be grateful today. Help each and every one of us to come to you and say, thank you, God for the season in which I'm in, and may I learn from it and be transformed by it and not conform to this world, but be conformed and confronted by the beauty and majesty and by the Lordship of Jesus as I ask him to be my head and to be in control of our hearts, of our lives, of our homes, of our singleness, of our spouse, of our marriage. And so, Lord, we give this to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.